Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Uh, this morning, would you open our hearts and ears to understanding that it would shape and move us by the inspiration of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's nice to be back. We took two weeks off, and so we missed Christmas Eve and missed our first service of the year, and I want to thank Pastor Velma for stepping in uh, to cover those services. And and people ask, was it nice? And, and it, was, it was nice. It was good to have uh, the time off. But uh, as you can see even this morning with having Noah jump up on stage, uh, things at home are not always restful. And uh, just this week I was thinking about how I had to stop a three-year-old um, from, or I had, for, for, well, I had to stop him from hitting the seven-year-old in the face with the truck. And, uh, and then had to try to teach him how it was important for him to say sorry for hitting brother with the truck. And uh, that took some doing. And then I had, to, I had to turn around and had to try and stop the five-year-old uh, and, and get, that's Noah, and get him to apologize from yelling at Lewis, who's 10 months, uh, yelling at him in his face. And Lewis is like, why are you yelling in my face? I don't appreciate that, right? Starts crying. I'm trying to tell Noah, you have to say sorry. And he's like, what? What did I do? You know? And we're in this place of, Sarah and I, of trying to teach our kids how to forgive each other and how to say sorry to each other. And you'd think it'd be easy. It's just like, you just don't do that. Don't do that. Just say sorry. But they don't, they don't always get it. And it's not. And, and this stuff happens like every day we have to do this. Like it's not like just once in a while. It's like every day we have to confront them again with this reminder of making things right and, and just stop repeatedly hurting each other, especially with trucks. And uh, the more I was thinking about that, the more I think about forgiveness, the more I realized that the lessons of forgiveness, the lessons that my children are learning are the same lessons that I need to be reminded of as an adult. Time and time again, I need to return to this this theme of forgiveness and of learning to forgive. And I think any of us who are adults would say, that's really hard. It's really hard to forgive. I mean, if my kids have enough trouble with it, how much more as adults with real issues will we find it difficult? Because we all hurt, right? We all have scars from stuff that's happened in our lives. And some of us have, have mental, like psychological or emotional scarring and some of you have actual physical scars of stuff that's happened in your life of brokenness that's happened in your life and we can want the one who's hurt us to feel the same hurt back right or at least we want an apology most of the time and what's tricky is as christians we're not actually permitted to seek out our own vengeance and so as my kids want to get back at each other and attack each other with another truck, I'm reminded, uh, even as adults, we, we can have that drive to want to get back. And yet God says, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. It's not up to you to take that into your own hands. So then what do we do? How do we, how do we get set free from, from the cycle of hurt or anger or hate or bitterness that's just really easy to get stuck in, right? Because that cycle's easy. Once you get kind of locked in that, it's, it can be hard to break out of that, especially if, if you've built your identity around being the victim of being hurt, and you just sort of live in that place all the time. And so how do you, how do you release 
the anger that can get pent up? Or how do you keep from returning to the same pain over and over in your mind while you're by yourself at night, right? And you're just kind of dwelling on, on the stuff that's happened. Or how do we stop ourselves from kind of wishing hellfire on the person that's hurt us? And the biblical answer to that, Jesus' answer to that, is to learn to forgive. And, and Jesus never says, you know, hey, it's really easy. Just go do this. It's hard. But Jesus is really, really very clear on this. So let's look again at Matthew 18, 15. Right at that first verse that, that Jürgen read for us. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he listens to you, you've gained your brother. So there's a sense here that there's hurt between two people, probably some kind of interpersonal relationship issue. We don't know exactly, right? But the idea is someone has hurt someone else or sinned against them, this idea of, you know, they've hurt them in some way. And what's the first thing we're told? Well, the first thing we're told is you actually have to try and deal with the hurt relationship. You don't avoid talking to the person. You don't sit around talking to your friends about what happened to you. You don't start talking about how terrible the person is and all the things that they did wrong. What does Jesus call us to do? He says, you go and talk to the person that hurt you. You go talk to them. And perhaps that's the, that's the first thing just to, just to stop and think about is it's easy when we're hurt, to, to try to not deal with it. It's easy to, to just say, let's avoid, let's avoid talking about it. Let's avoid dealing with it. And sometimes you don't have to, but, but it's, it's easy to just go, yeah, let's just not bother, right? Because it's tough to go and talk to someone. So the first thing is you have to try and deal with it. Now the second thing is, again, verse 15, if someone sins against you, you go tell him his fault. So the direction of forgiveness, and this is challenging for us, is, is happening from the hurt person to the person that did the hurting. And again, there's a call initially, do this without involving a bunch of people, right? And why? Why do you not involve a bunch of people? Why do you not vent sideways to others? You do that to limit the rumors and the misunderstanding and the hurt from spreading to other people. If someone's hurt you, you go and deal with it with them. And if that doesn't work, if the person is just ignorant and doesn't want to talk about it at all, then you take other people along with you and you do that for accountability's sake so there's someone else to help kind of mediate the conversation or at least help you reflect on the conversation afterwards. But I want to... I notice this thing first other than the, the bringing people with you thing this person sinned against me they should come talk to me and Jesus says no but I was hurt God God says yep and now you go talk to the person that hurt you and that's the see there's something there's something upside down and selfless about having to go as the person who was hurt to try and, and talk to the person that hurt you. It's sort of the upside down nature of the kingdom of God. And why do we do that? 
to seek to restore the relationship, right? Because this is what verse 15 says, that if the person listens, then you've gained back your brother. You've, you've reconciled the relationship. And so the idea is you go and talk to the person honestly, and it's not like you sugarcoat what happened, but you're honest about the hurt that happened. And so first, you need to deal with it. Second, the hurt person is the one who goes to talk to the person who hurt them because the person that hurt them may not even know it happened, right? And the third thing is that the goal is restoration because God is trying to heal relationships. God knows how easy it is for our relationships to get broken. And this is hard. I keep saying it, but it's true. This is hard, but it's Jesus' will for his followers to seek that restoration with, the, with one another. It's not God's will for you to hold on to the thing that hurt you for years and years and years and never deal with it. Or to sit with it and to get angry with it and never talk to the person, especially with a brother or sister, especially with someone who, with whom you're meant to have close relationship with, whether that's a family member or in church. And the ultimate goal of that, again, is forgiveness and grace. And, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes that takes time. It can take time for that relationship to heal, but it does require going and talking to the person. And we go hoping that they will ask for forgiveness when they've been confronted with the thing that, that they've done that's hurt you. Right? But we also go, not just so that we can get at the person and they'll say sorry, but we need to go willing to extend forgiveness to the person that hurt us. See, it's one thing to show up and then have the room to yell at the person about how they hurt you. Right? And go, well, I'm following the biblical example. I got to go and berate them for all the crap they've done to me. Right? But the idea at the end of that is, is restoration. And so it's not just a matter of getting the person to feel bad enough to say sorry. It's also coming into the relationship, wanting to extend forgiveness yourself to the person that's hurt you. Not withholding forgiveness. Because the point's not vengeance, right? The point is restoration. I've been in situations where, like that where the person's told me all the things I've done wrong. And even if I've said sorry, they won't forgive me. And that hurts. Um, but at that point, I've, I've done what I can to ask for forgiveness and to seek to, to change the behaviors I've done so that things are mended and, and to seek restoration. But if the person's not willing to also forgive, well, then the blockage is happening on their end, at least, right? It's not on my end. I've done what I can. The point is restoration. And now before I go on, I, it's, it's important to, to say, obviously, in situations where there's deep abuse, or childhood trauma of some kind, th that's a, a complicated and difficult process. And it's going to take time and, and prayer and counseling and healing before something like that can happen. Uh, it's going to take a lot of, of wisdom and grace and, and growing in, in a sense of God's own healing in your heart probably before you can extend forgiveness to that person. But I've also heard stories of people who have experienced incredible childhood trauma or abuse and through God's grace, through God's grace, have been able to turn around years later and extend forgiveness to the abuser. And that's a powerful testament of God's love at work in your life. And once that happens, they're free. They're free of the trauma 
of that abuse. I mean, there's still the lingering woundedness that's there and working through that uh, with others and with God, but they've released the anger. They've released the right to get even with the person that hurt them. And that can take time. But here in Matthew, there's a willingness. This is what we're left with as disciples, is a willingness to, be, to extend forgiveness. That may take time, but there's a call to be willing to extend forgiveness even to those who have deeply hurt us. So that's the definition of forgiveness, but then the Bible goes even further and says this is actually our duty. Right? What does Peter say? He asks Jesus. He's like, um, God, this, uh, Lord, he says, Lord, um, Lord, that's really hard. Can we put like a, can we put like a limit on how many times we have to do that? How about, how, you know, three would probably be appropriate. So I'm going to, how about seven? That should be sufficient, right? How many times? What if I just keep getting sinned against? Because you will in your life, right? People are going to hurt you. You're going to go through relationship stuff. Any of us in a family, you've probably been hurt, right? Some idiot said something and been terrible, you know? It's just been awful. I can say that flippantly and kind of laughingly, but also, yeah probably a lot of the, the issues in our lives come from brokenness in our families. Um, but Peter asked Jesus, this is, this, is like, this is really hard. What if I just keep getting sinned against? How much do I forgive? Like three times? So in Judaism, three times would be considered sufficient to show a forgiving spirit. So when Peter suggests seven times, he's like, I'm being pretty generous, right? Seven times. What does Jesus say? 70 times 7, 77, meaning, meaning unending is what that means. You don't actually keep track up through 40, 50, 60, 70s. He means you just keep doing it. Jesus says, true disciples forgive without keeping count. And there's kind of a neat echo here, and I've mentioned this before. If you go back to, go back to Genesis 4, there's a guy called Lamech. And he's a descendant of Cain. And Lamech is this, like, completely depraved, arrogant, bloodthirsty guy. And he's boasting about wounding and killing people. It's just great, right? It's terrible. And uh, he says, Cain's revenge is sevenfold, but Lamech's is 77-fold. And he's boasting that he's worse than Cain, Cain who killed his brother, right? So, I mean, Cain's already off to a pretty poor start. And Lamech's boasting, I'm that much worse than Cain. And Jesus' words here are like a reversal of the proud boasting of Lamech. Instead of a 77 revengeful spirit of Lamech, Jesus invites his followers as a new Adam, right? As the new Adam into a life of 77-fold forgiveness. This is the new way of doing things. Not in vengeful bloodshed, not in seeking to assert my right to get even like Cain or like Lamech, but in forgiveness. And disciples of Jesus are called to lay down our right to get even and instead to seek restoration. So we have a definition of forgiveness to go in and to seek to make things right, trying to seek restoration, and that can be challenging, but that's the, that's the impetus of the passage. And then there's a duty to forgiveness that we're called as Christians not just to forgive people once or twice or when we feel like it, but, but to continually extend forgiveness to others. And then lastly, this passage ends with a parable, and it's exploring the dangers of unforgiveness. 
Look at the rest of Matthew 18. It's the story of a servant, and the servant owes a, a huge debt to the master, and the master clears the debt. The master forgives them, and it's a significant debt. And he just says, hey, you're clear. Like, imagine going to the bank, and the bank says, your mortgage is paid off. You're done. We just did that for you. You'd be pretty ecstatic, probably, right? You know, like, it's that kind of a moment. The master just forgives them, forgives this guy. And then the guy who's forgiven turns around and comes after this other guy who owed him money. And instead of showing forgiveness as he's been shown, he's just ruthless with this guy. And Jesus tells this story to illustrate the danger of unforgiveness in our lives. It damages relationships, but it also damages our own character. And there's real consequences. Jesus tells the story to illustrate why we need to forgive. And we forgive because we realize that we've been forgiven by God. The measure of knowing our forgiveness in Jesus and his work at the cross is the same measure in which we are willing to extend forgiveness to others. That we have some sense that God has rescued me and cleansed me and forgiven me and I deserve punishment for my sins. My sins separate me from a holy God. See, I think we, we often don't realize um, how bad sin is. Sin separates me from the source of life and love in the cosmos. Sin separates me from relationship with God. And for God to forgive me of that is huge. Think about this for a second. For, for God to wipe our sins, he has to come and live a, a pure, spotless life as a human, and lay down his life for us, right? To take on himself the punishment for our sin. And God could have come at any time in history, but when does he choose to come? He chooses to come when the Romans invent the worst possible way to kill you. Rome figures out, here's the, here's the way to inflict the most suffering on a person and humiliate them before they die, and God goes... Now we'll go. I'll take the worst suffering on because of my love for my people. And he's done that for you. And we forgive in response to how much we realize God has actually forgiven us. And if we refuse to forgive, do you know what it shows? It shows in some sense that we have not internalized the grace and forgiveness that God has shown us in the first place. Because that's what that parable is about. Jesus says this guy doesn't extend forgiveness to his friend because he was ignorant of how much the master had forgiven him. And in the end, he suffers the consequences of that. What happens in verse 32? What's the master say? You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Jesus is saying the sign of having received God's forgiveness and, and understanding in some sense, growing, obviously, in some sense of, of realizing what that means for us, 
But realizing that we've, for, we've been forgiven is illustrated in the willingness in our own hearts to forgive and extend grace to others. That as we realize what God's done for us, it's meant to, meant to flow out in how we treat other people. And again, Jesus knows this is hard. It's hard to be told that you've hurt someone. It's hard to say sorry. It's hard to ask for forgiveness. It's hard to give forgiveness to someone who's hurt you. Nowhere in this is it like treated as though this is just easy. Learning to forgive is part of the Lord's prayer, right? It's part of the prayer that Christians throughout the centuries have prayed daily, if not uh, weekly, where Jesus is inviting us to pray for the strength and the power to forgive other people, that we constantly return to this and let it sink into our bones. And again, for us as Christians, forgiveness is not about brushing the wrongdoing under the rug or condoning it or saying it's not a big deal, right? That's not Christian forgiveness. Jesus' view here is, is that we're fully naming and drawing attention to what's been done. It's completely identified. But then the move you pull is to release your right to get even. And you release that. And you speak the truth in love, and you extend forgiveness and grace to the person. I think of the woman caught in adultery, right? So her sin is fully exposed. It's fully out in the open. Um, there's no sort of hiding about it. In that case, it's really public. Um, and Jesus is honest with her about her sin, too. He says, go and sin no more, right? So there's a call to a new kind of life. But Jesus also says, neither do I condemn you, meaning I'm, I'm going to forgive you. And so when we extend forgiveness to others, it's this call to, to be honest about what's happened, but then also to be willing to extend the grace of forgiveness because we know we've been forgiven. And that kind of shatters any sense of elitism or egotistical behavior in our own hearts where we think we're, we're better and we always know what's best, right? So really simply, this morning, it's just the question of, of where does that hit home for you? And uh, are, are you living in, into this? It's hard. I know it is. I, I know it's convicting. Um, and so a real practical implication question is just, is there people you need to forgive? Are there people that you need to extend the same grace that God has extended to you? And where have we perhaps uh, wanted to cling to our right to get even? We haven't been willing to lay that down. Can we forgive even when we're still wounded? Yeah, we can. Should we forgive as though nothing's happened? No, no, no. There's a wisdom in, in understanding that something's changed. God calls us to be wise. I think there's, it's important to establish healthy boundaries, and particularly if you're in some sort of situation of ongoing abuse, whether that's in marriage or in family, that requires um, really thoughtfully thinking through the complexities of that. Um, but there's a call, and that's why I shared the story even of those who have experienced deep trauma of, of being willing to walk with God towards extending forgiveness. That may not happen instantaneously, especially not in the moment of the hurt when the wounding is still really raw, but over years and likely with counseling, walking with others and lots of prayer and bringing that to Jesus over and over, allowing him to work that, that saving uh, sense of his forgiveness and grace in your life so you can start to extend that to the person that's hurt you. Um, because that forgiveness will free us from living out of the woundedness of our past. 
and instead live into our identity as sons and daughters uh, adopted by God. So today, is there someone that you need to extend forgiveness to, or is there someone uh, you need to forgive? And, and maybe there's someone you need to forgive who's, like, they've passed away. <laughs> like, they're, you can't go find them to tell them. If you try to bring them up to talk to them about it, you're going down another path that's not great, right? Um, but you can still choose to let go of the anger and the brokenness that, that that's happened in that relationship. And uh, I know there's stories of how freeing that can be for people to let go of that brokenness from the past. Um, so is there someone you need to forgive? Or is there someone that, that you've wronged and, and you need to repent of that? Um, and they may not forgive you. <laughs> That's no fun. But at least you've tried to, to walk out that sense of, of repentance and reconciliation. And again, we forgive out of knowing how much God's forgiven us. And so, so perhaps the, the best question is to, is to ask, do you know, do you know uh, a deep sense of the grace and the love that God's shown you this morning? And does that propel you to want to live into that in your relationships with others? He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And he calls you to extend that same sort of love to people around you. And we get it wrong and it hurts and it's hard. But he invites us into that. And by his spirit enables us to live into that. So let's pray to that end this morning. And pray, Jesus, help us to Help us to love and to forgive each other. Let's pray. Jesus, this morning, uh, your word is so uh, to the heart and uh, so, so relatable in our lives today. Lord, we can relate to, to this parable, even as people who are forgiven and and being hurt by someone else and just wanting to get even with them, wanting them to, to know how much they've hurt us, and wanting them to feel the same sort of hurt. Lord, we've all been in places where we've been angry and broken, and we've hurt people. We've said things that we shouldn't have said and done things we shouldn't have done. Or sometimes we've been completely ignorant and didn't even know how our actions would hurt people. And sometimes we've done stuff intentionally maybe even the moment we enjoyed it. And Lord, some of us here have deep wounds of stuff that's happened in the past. There's people here this morning, Lord, we've, we've experienced abuse, we've experienced betrayal. There's been real brokenness. Lord, I thank you that you don't you don't just say, oh, just ignore it and get over it and carry on. You call us to address it. And it's hard, and it takes a lot of courage, and it's not a lot of fun. Lord, we think of the, even of the image of woundedness, that when, when we are wounded and we have to see a doctor, there's a cleaning process that's involved and a setting of bones that's involved, and that stuff hurts. That actually it hurts to get things set so that they can heal well. And sometimes we just see the hurt and we just think, well, that's bad. But so often, Lord, there's a, there's a pain in moving towards forgiveness in life that we need to walk through. And Jesus, I thank you that you call us into that. And it's, it's tough. And so, Lord, I pray that you would grant us the courage to extend forgiveness to those who've hurt us. And Lord, grant us 
the courage and the wisdom to to try to reconcile with people where where relationships broken um lord where there's there's a need to set up healthy boundaries and 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 find professional counseling and walk through serious issues from the past lord we we want to be able to do that well and i pray that you would guide us each one lord if that is a thing that we need to work through in our lives because um, god your heart for us is is wholeness and healing and life and uh lord you're so patient with us you don't expect us to just suddenly be perfect you but you you point us to these places in our hearts lord where there's still there's still change that needs to happen and you call us you call us to those places and it's it's challenging but lord you do that because you love us lord some of us here have have wounds from people who have passed away stuff that mom and dad said or grandma and grandpa said or did and uh, we can't go talk to them but lord we can let go of the anger and we can stop creating our identity out of being the victim or being the wounded one but instead find our identity of who we are in you that we're made in your image and even though we're sinful and fallen lord we're also redeemed and cleansed by your blood and we're adopted by you and we're filled afresh with your spirit and you've made us part of your church family and you call us into life and resurrection so lord help us to live that well and i just pray even as a church community you help us to live that well and uh, lord i think of i think of the song where it says they'll know we're christians by our love that the way in which we extend love and forgiveness to each other is actually is actually a witness, Lord, to those that don't know you. Jesus, help us to navigate this well. And I pray that as we would go from this place, um, if there's stuff later today or through this week, Lord, that you need to bring to our minds, um, that you would do that and you'd help us to, to respond in a way that honors you and uh, is faithful to your word and what you teach us here this morning um, in facing brokenness. Jesus, we want to say we love you. And uh, we know our hearts as a church is to follow you. Help us to do that this year, Lord. Help us to keep short accounts with each other. Help us to walk in forgiveness and grace, even when that's really hard. And Lord, we pray that by your spirit, you would, you would uh, strengthen us, that you would encourage us, give us fresh courage, Lord, to live what you call us to live. Jesus, I, I want to thank you um, for the love and the grace that I've experienced through your body. And, uh, Lord, we, even as we gather for, for soup and buns and we break bread together and we share a meal together, Lord, would that be uh, just an act of, of wanting to walk in relationship, putting aside brokenness, Lord, and seeking to love each other well. So we ask these things in your name and we pray that you would uh, bless this food Bless those who have taken time to prepare it, those behind the scenes working to get stuff ready. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for their ministry. And with the words you taught us, Lord, we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.